I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us to the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we're here with a Swansea Club update. Of course, a lot of things happening at the club. We're joined by Gitto Cluellen, who you can find on Twitter at that very handle. Also uh, frequently appears on our show. Um, and something about the jackass, probably. Uh, Gitto, very pleased to be speaking with you. Um, a lot has happened at Swansea, so we're kind of going to go through it chronologically here. We'll start with the Paul Clement second because we haven't been able to get you on since then. Uh, he was sacked on the 20th. Uh, I assume you think that was the right decision at the time? Yeah, um, sadly, you know, we've, we've, um, we've, we've had such a disastrous season and, and nothing seems to have gone right. Um, and uh, it became obvious a couple of weeks ago that Paul Clement wasn't going to be able to turn it around. The performances were too bad. The football was too dire. The results just weren't stacking up. And we were too easy to play against. Um, and, and the fact is we were bottom of the table on merit. We haven't been good enough. Um, the rest of the league has been that much better than us. And as bad as the squad is at the moment, as problematic as the squad is at the moment, there's no doubt it should be doing a little bit better than, than it is at the moment. And um, it's not all Paul Clement's fault. Um, I mean, last season he, he worked a miracle um, keeping us up from a similar situation uh, with what I believe is a, a worse squad. Um, and he did that by you know, working out a system involving uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson and Fernando Llorente, getting the best out of those two. And of course, with two weeks to go in the transfer window in the summer, both of those players were sold. So, uh, you know, in that case, his job was made considerably tougher. And we never did bring in a player to replace Gilfie Sigurdsson, which now looks, well, it looked at the time like a mad decision. It now looks even crazier. Um, and, and that's really why we are where we are. Um, so in that case, you have to have a degree of sympathy for him. But football being the way football is, the cold hard truth is that Swansea still... We need to do everything they can to stay up. And, and Paul Clement was not going to keep us up. If we were going to keep him, he was going to take us down. And they've made the right choice in sacking him right before the January transfer window, which is just so important for us now. Yeah, and, and as you say, you have been uh, a little bit left behind as you are sitting in 20th. But worth noting that unlike in past years, you have by no means been cut adrift. If you put two wins together, you could find yourself uh, all the way up in 13th. Um, just to illustrate how close things are still down there. So very much a recoverable situation. Um, after the Clement sacking, Leon Britton was appointed, was really hoping for a player-manager thing, but like Monk, decided to just go uh, the manager route in his two matches. Got a draw against Palace and a, a pretty rough loss against Liverpool that just kind of got out of hand um, when they started scoring buckets. But uh, what did you think of Leon Britton's brief stint, and do you think he has a future in uh, a kind of a managerial path? 
Um, possibly coaching. I'm not sure about if he has the personality really for management. Um, if I'm being perfectly honest, as much of a club legend as he is, um, I, I always got the feeling that this was going to be one of those caretaker stints, which is just a caretaker stint. Um, I mean, he had a, a little bit of an impact against Palace. Uh, we did keep the ball much better and pass it around much better, which is what you'd expect from a um, a, Leon, a team managed by Leon. Um, then, of course, we had... Uh, but then, of course, we still didn't create much against Palace, and it did take uh, a, a real wonder strike from Jordan Ayew to, to get us a point in that game. A deserved point, but um, you know we weren't going to score any other way. Um, and those kind of goals do not come very often from Jordan Ayew, I can tell you. Uh, and then fast forward to the Anfield match. <laughs> And he was he was very much the villain of the piece, uh, John Knight, one of one of several. Um, that was not a good performance. Um, there were signs in the first half that maybe we were trying to play um, slightly better football, but when you look at the goals that we conceded at Landfield, well, they, they were just they were just incredible, really. I mean, I mean, Liverpool don't need help to score goals. They've got they've got they've got the players to do it without. Uh, without any help from the opposition. But John I was died for the first one. He, he was directly involved in four of Liverpool's goals, um, which is quite incredible from a player who should really be at the other end of the pitch. Um, and Leroy Fair was, again, just awful, again, as he is pretty much all the time. Um, several other players just, just didn't seem... Didn't seem to have any kind of impact, positive impact on the game, uh, and, and it was just a coward's performance. Really, it was gutless. The players didn't look like they want to be want to be there. Um, they were uh, d- ducking challenges. They weren't really putting up a fight, and, and they made life very easy for Liverpool in that second half. Uh, and it was a really disappointing performance um, from, from the players. One which really let the fans down. I'll be honest. I mean. We can accept the lack of quality. We know we've got a lack of quality in, in several positions uh, across the pitch. What you can't accept is just that lack of fight and and, and just giving up and, and, and not concentrating uh, and doing your best throughout the 90 minutes. I mean, that that's, that's what gets you down as a fan when you see that kind of stuff happening. Um, so, I mean, Leon Britton has had some kind of positive impact but you know the same old problems are there, uh, and against Liverpool, those problems were augmented, if anything. Interesting stuff. Um, then on to today's news, which is why we're recording this and bringing this to you uh, now. Uh, you have just signed on Carlos Carvajal, uh, who uh, was at Sheffield Wednesday last season, did very well with them, got them up to fourth. He's made the playoffs twice. Uh, in a row, didn't look like that was going to happen this season. He was in 15th. He was sacked right around Christmas, which our Sheffield Wednesday supporter on the championship show, Louis Shackshaft, had always said was about the exit date for him if things didn't turn around. Um, so uh, quickly, uh, what do you think, uh, uh, A, about hiring a manager that seems to be kind of falling upwards, having been sacked at a championship club, being appointed at a Premier League one? And obviously, we'll get a little more in depth here in a bit. Uh, I'm I'm actually quite um, quite, quite happy with uh, Cavall um, uh, signing. I think when you look at the other names that we were linked with, it, it was probably the best of the be- the best of the bunch, but by quite some distance, in my opinion. Um, you know, all the others had their various problems. This is a manager who um, is tactically. I, I've I, well, first of all, I've been very impressed by what he's done at Sheffield Wednesday over the last two and a half years. Um, people forget maybe where Sheffield Wednesday were before that. They were, they were a bit of a nothing club. They hadn't challenged for the championship playoffs since they were relegated from the Premier League back in the late 90s. Um, 
this wasn't a club that was used to playing towards the top end of of the second tier, and he and he got them there, and he got them there playing some some good football too. Um, you know, there were two straight disappointments in the playoffs. Um, once missing out to Wembley in a season where I think they they could have really gone up, uh, and then last season just falling short in the play in the semi-finals. Um, and then this season, they've just not recovered from that. They've they've had their problems, and the, the football has not been good. And it just seems like Caval has, has run out of steam. But I, I think what he's done overall at Sheffield Wednesday gives us reason to be hopeful that actually this this can be a, a very good appointment for the Swans. Yeah, the question I have on this is what how you view it as a Swansea fan. Is this a move made to try to keep you up in the Premier League this season? Or one more focused on kind of having a balance so that regardless of what happens, you have somebody that you think could kind of lead you going into the future, knowing that it is a short-term contract with the possibility of an extension. Um, it's it's a bit of a strange one, really, because uh, he's only apparently been appointed until the end of the season with the option of an extension. Um, I mean, you would have thought that this was a, an appointment um, with... with Probably knowing that that we were favourites for the drop, and that if we do go down, as is probably likely, uh, more likely than not, uh, looking at their current predicament, um, if he, if we are to go down, then you'd think we'd have a ready-made manager there who knows the championship, who's done well in the championship before, and who can really rebuild um, after relegation. You would have thought that was the case, but then um, it, it's hard to know what the club's motives are in um, only giving him a contract until the end of the season, because you would imagine. If he does manage to keep us up, um, he would have done something so incredible that he would deserve um, a little bit more time, a bit like Paul Clement, you could say, even mm. though that didn't end up too well in the end. Um, on the other hand, if he does go down, um, you would have thought that he was among the best options then to take us into the championship season. So it's a bit of a strange one only giving him until the end of the season. I know he's a manager that doesn't tend to stay at clubs for very long, but but still, that that is a bit of a... a a surprising one and it it indicates that maybe Swansea have got their eye on somebody else but they weren't able to bring them in um, midway through the current season but may feel that if uh, the circumstances are right they could still be available in the summer. Yeah with it with the new manager uh, obviously different players will be kind of given a shot. I know uh, Roque Mesa wasn't getting playing time although he did under uh, the brief tenure of Leon Britton. Um, and then obviously Renato Sanchez has been one of the biggest disappointments, I'm sure, for Swansea and largely for Premier League fans because everyone was so excited to see such a kind of touted wunderkind uh, in the Premier League. Uh, do you think this appointment will help either of them really flesh out their ability? Um, due to the fact that Cavajal is, is Portuguese, the great hope is that he can get a tune out of Renato Sanchez, who's looked um, miserable since since he arrived here. Um, hopefully... He can figure out a way to to drum it into his head what needs to happen to work on his basic skills and and get him functioning as a as a Premier League player again. Um, but because he's he's looked at anything but that uh, since he arrived. Um, with Rocky Mesa, the, the the penny dropped far too late with Paul Clement that we needed that kind of player in midfield that you couldn't just have your jack of all trades uh, trade midfielders there, your Sam Lucas's, your 
uh, Tom Carroll, you have Renato Sanchez, is these Leroy Fair, possibly these players who don't really have a special, special, uh, sorry, uh, a speciality in midfield. You need somebody there who is going to uh, keep the ball moving to offer that little bit of protection for midfield, and that just stick to that. That not, you know, he doesn't have to go forward attacking. Can leave that to other people. You just need that little protection there. So I hope that he will keep playing under. Um, and and the Cavahal because it's it's a position which has been so important for us over the years. Um, apart from that, I mean, he's been he, at Sheffield Wednesday on the whole. He was he was good defensively. Um, got them very well drilled at the back. Um, we've we've been okay on the whole this season defensively, but obviously against Liverpool that all fell to pieces. Um, but the real problem, of course, which needs to be addressed is going forward. Um, and sadly, I don't think that problem is going to be addressed unless we get some uh, real quality in, in January. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see if he's got any kind of ideas about players he'd like to bring in. Um, interestingly, Fernando Forestieri, who is brilliant for him under, at Sheffield Wednesday, he's coming back from injury in January and he is the kind of player who we could really do with. Just that little imaginative, creative, little flair player um, who not only scores goals but but causes problems uh, and, and creates chances for others to, um, you know, we I'd, I'd really really like to like to see that kind of player brought in and maybe Cavahal's connections can can do that. Um, but but I I I honestly believe that whatever Cavahal does, if he doesn't get those quality that quality number ten, the creative wingers, um, they just that creative element in in January. Um, I, I, I think whatever he tries to do, he'll, he'll have his hands tied behind his back and we will end up going down. So January is a huge month for us. It will probably decide um, whether we um, really make a fist of it um, in, the, in this relegation battle or go down with a whimper. Um, one thing I'm very glad about is the fact that we have brought the manager in before January. Um, that just that just allows us to hit the ground running in January and hopefully we won't be waiting until the final days of the window uh, to bring in these players. Right. Uh, do you think that the manager will be back here in January? Uh, again, it is strange that he's on a short-term contract, but I assume that they would want to make sure uh, that he has the best chance of staying up as possible. You'd hope so. Uh, <laughs> I, I, would, I, I mean, <laughs> Arona's know that this squad... They must know that the squad isn't good enough to stay up, and they must know that there are some some real gaping holes in this in this squad which need to be filled. Um, and without doing that, then we go down, and if we go down, the value of the club drops. Their investment is is really harmed by that. Um, so you'd think, from a business point of view, they'd be wanting to do everything they can to keep the club in the Premier League. And there is money to spend because we know there is money left over from the Gilfie Gif- Sigurdsson sale in the summer. Uh, not all of it was blown on terrible players. Some of it was kept behind for January. Shout out to Sam Klukas. Yeah, well, Sam Klukas in my more than anybody else. God, what is he doing at this club? Um, but yeah, we, there is a little bit of money there. They, they may have to um, dip into their own pockets slightly too. Um, there is talk that maybe we'll have to um, sell to um, bring in um, all the players we want. That would be really, really harmful, you'd imagine, because we don't really have that many players um, who'd be able to uh, draw a, a big price if we were to sell them. There, there's been there have been rumours that West Ham may come in for Alfie Mawson. That would be suicidal if we were to sell him. Um, 
I'd hope that we could buy, bring players in without selling the players who have actually been doing reasonably well so far this season. But Swansea's a crazy club and, and you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, kind of sticking on the ownership, I know there have been a lot of questions asked lately. There's been some vitriol towards Hugh Jenkins as well that he might be in some shady stuff. How do you feel about the ownership right now? And do you think that they've handled this whole managerial situation that has been kind of the, the overarching topic throughout this whole show? Uh, do you think they've handled that well? I actually think that the managerial situation has been handled pretty well. I think Clement was um, sacked roughly the right time. There were, there were plenty of fans who will argue he should have gone earlier, but I don't think uh, it was unreasonable to give him the games that um, that he did get in the end. Um, and, and fair play to them. They've, they've been reasonably swift in getting somebody else in, and it's it's quite impressive that Kawahal was sacked, what, after the weekend, was it? Yeah, two um, days he was out of a job. You know, it, it's you know he, he was sacked and then straight away he's back he's back in work and they obviously so an alarm went off in their head as soon as uh, the news broke that he'd left Wednesday and thinking oh actually this guy ticks a few boxes for us let's go in and try and get him in and they've got him in very very quickly which is um, which which is good work by them actually because what was it a little more than uh, a year ago when Bob Bradley uh, not one not sorry when Gary actually it's two years ago now. Uh, when Gary Monk was um, was sacked, we were waiting what a month before, without the manager, yeah. um, before, and, and that was just a chaotic period. So fair play to them; they've they've done pretty well to get somebody in before January now, which was vitally important. And as far as I'm concerned, it is somebody who ticks quite a few boxes for Swansea and has a decent chance of doing well. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, and just kind of wrapping up your, your final thoughts on the the whole. Hugh Jenkins and ownership group right now. What's the fan base feeling about them at the moment? Uh, the main enemy is definitely Hugh Jenkins, as far as many fans are concerned. Um, several supporter groups have been set up. Now, the most notable one is the Swansea City Supporters Alliance. Um, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what form this group takes. I mean, Swansea's history tells you that when fans aren't happy with the way the club is run, then they, they do something about it. They don't just boo and hiss they'll they'll actually go out and try to change things um the the main aim of uh, this new group's Swansea City Supporters Alliance is to get Hugh Jenkins out the club they very much see him as as the the main cancer within the club which is obviously a strange situation being considering he was uh, an untouchable hero not that long ago but um his actions in the takeover and his recent record in transfers and just a few other things which have gone on since then they, they've they've really turned the fan base against him and um th- this new group it's it's it includes some very prominent fans and, and people who are uh, highly respected within the club. Um, people who used to have a great deal to do with the uh, uh, supporters' trust before it lost a considerable amount of influence uh, with the takeover. So, you know, th- this is a group which, um, you know, we, sh- we well, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on them. It's not just a bunch of keyboard warriors coming together to send some nasty tweets. There are some formidable players there um, backing this group. And, I'm not sure exactly what form their protest will will take, but there's no doubt that there will be some kind of action on the way. I don't think the American owners are really getting um, the brunt of the anger. I think there is an acceptance that uh, what you know that they they want the the best for the club because obviously their investment relies on it. Um, 
but also, of course, there is a, there is a bit of frustration that they don't seem to know what they're doing. They are learning as they go along how to run the Premier League football club. I don't think they're really learning quickly enough. That, um, and, and they do still, I mean, we, we're what a, a year and a half into their ownership now, and they're still finding their feet in the new league and, and trying to work out really where to go with the club. Um, they've not been incredibly impressive since they came in, but. Um, while there is a little bit of frustration with them, Hugh Jenkins remains the the, the key figure here who uh, a lot of fans want to see the back of. Interesting stuff. Well, uh, congratulations on getting a manager in. Uh, hopefully you can turn it around uh, much as you did last season from last place. And uh, just on a personal note, I know I've spoken to you uh, personally and on Twitter before. Uh, I think the Premier League is a better league with Swansea in it and really hope that this appointment will help you uh, stay up for what should be uh, an exciting 2018-19 campaign, which is only, what, eight to nine months away. We'll see. We'll see if we'll still be part of that Premier League campaign. I'll be recording championship podcasts with you. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Gitto, thanks so much uh, for joining me. Tell the folks where they can find you. Yeah, uh, if you want to hear more on the uh, new manager, uh, the Jack Cast podcast will be recording in the coming days. Uh, just need to find a date which suits everyone. And you can find us on Twitter at the Jack Cast. All right, thanks again. We'll catch you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.